You're listening to the Emerald Podcast Network. Hey there, Emerald Podcast listeners. I'm Francisca Monahan. I'm your podcast editor for The Daily Emerald. Today, I'm here with Jennifer Fleck, the senior news editor for The Daily Emerald. And we're going to talk a little bit about what it's like to cover sexual assault on a campus as a student. So, Jennifer, like, when did sexual assault start to become, like, a really big point of coverage for the Emerald? Well, in my um, personal time reporting for the Emerald, I've been here for almost three years now. Um, When I began, I was a politics reporter, so I wasn't really aware of um, its place on campus. But once there was the assault in March of 2014, the alleged assault between three UO basketball players and a UO student, that's when things really started taking off as far as our coverage centered around that because we really wanted to focus on how the university was responding and um, what were going to happen to the basketball players and student involved. Okay, and so where did it sort of go from there? So from there, um, there were uh, quite a few protests um, surrounding the basketball players and their place at the school. Um, And going on from that, there have been now two years of follow-up lawsuits, both from the um, alleged survivor and um, the alleged assaulters have all kind of turned um, to to the school in these lawsuits. So the survivor filed a suit against the university, um, and there's a lot of complicated stuff underneath that that I can't uh, begin to kind of go into, but um, she settled that suit out. She received $800,000 and tuition, and she um, canceled her civil suit against the head coach, Dana Altman. Um, And that was kind of the end of her journey with the lawsuits. And then they began with the um, basketball players involved, who now all three have filed charges against the university, citing a number of things from um, a kind of... They were all banned from the university in June of 2014. um, And... Um, They aren't allowed to come back for 10 years beyond that. Um, So they filed lawsuits citing um, things like damage to their future careers, damage with their future with the NBA and things like that, as well as um, that their termination was um, not right. So um, just the ongoing coverage of sexual assault, has it Mm -hmm. mostly just revolved around this one case or have there been numerous cases that have come up in the meantime or unfortunately there have been cases that have come up in the meantime and we also focused on the university's response beyond this case so they tried instilling a number of things like a title IX coordinator and um, positions like that going forward um they also there have been other cases Um, Just recently, a UO student and former um, fraternity member, Sean Wood, was arrested for an alleged assault that took place, um, and he was arrested by the UOPD um, and is continuing to face his charges. So that's the most recent kind of case that we've been covering. Um, So how have you seen the issue of sexual assault evolve in the last year? In the last year, I feel like it's become 
more of an issue that's being recognized. Um, I think that the university has grown in certain ways that they approach the situation and they communicate about the situation. I think that they've um, attempted to make strides in that area. Um, there's been the the new position of the Title IX coordinator, and at the Board of Trustees meeting in fall, they discussed uh, further things the university can do. Um, beyond that, if there has been, I haven't been totally. Mm-hmm. So what does the Title IX coordinator do? Like, do you know what her job is? Not fully to the point where I can completely describe it, but it has to do with um, outreach and maintaining student uh, records. Um, A big problem with the case surrounding the basketball players was the survivors' records were released by the um, University Testing and Counseling Center to University of Oregon's attorneys, which violates Title IX. So um, her implementation, I can only assume, is to help combat things like that. Okay, cool. So the coverage of sexual assault on campus, has that been mostly, like, have you been on a lot of that? Or just, like, as overseeing it, like, what have been the challenges as um, a student reporter when addressing, like, the issue of sexual assault on campus? Well, I remember it's always really, it's just a difficult subject in general, and it's difficult to talk to people about, and either people don't want to talk to about it or... Um, it's too difficult for them to talk about, and it's hard to get answers regarding certain things. Um, I remember my biggest struggle with it came when um, the f- beginning of the um, case against the basketball players came out. Her um, report to the police about what happened to her was released, and I remember just like reading it, and that was just so incredibly difficult to do. Um, It's hard to kind of read something like that that has allegedly happened to one of your peers. Um, And so that makes it difficult to report on objectively when you're kind of in a situation as a female at a university having to report on sexual assault against other females at your university. It's a difficult line kind of that objectivity and wanting to be compassionate but also be fair to the events that are kind of happening that's a, that's a major difficulty and um, seeing all the protests and things like that um, covering those can be really hard and it's it's just always difficult when you're faced with someone who is a victim of something so harsh and, and, and terrible. It's a, it's really hard to report on something like that um, while maintaining fairness and objectivity and all that. Mm-hmm. I imagine there's like a fair amount of frustration that comes with reporting on these issues too and trying to stay objective while being frustrated with the institution that is in charge of your education as well as your peers and Definitely. their safety and your safety. Mm-hmm. And it's just... When you reach out for comment and don't necessarily always hear back or you don't get really an exact answer to your question, that can always be frustrating when you're just trying to piece together what exactly has happened. Have you experienced a lot of pushback from the university when you have to report on these issues? Like, are they very 
um, cooperative when it comes to reporting on sexual assault on campus, or are, are they really difficult to get a hold of? Uh, we tend to always hear back. Sometimes um, it can take a while to hear back, and sometimes you get more of a, a statement than an actual answer, if that makes sense. You get more of a response that is very planned out and may not necessarily answer your question. Um, but at the same time, they do their best to respond um, while being plagued with legal matters and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So when you when in instances when you get a statement that isn't necessarily an answer to your question, like how do you handle that? How do you report back on it? It really depends on the situation. If we really need an answer that they're not giving us, um, we try again. But if you're on deadline, you're on deadline, and we either just print that statement that they've given us, or um, if we haven't heard back in time and we just need to publish, just say that they haven't returned requests for comments, things like that. Um, we, we try our best to work with the university because it is an important side to get um, in our reporting. We want to be fair to um, all sides in our quest to kind of actually tell what's happened. Um so we just work with them as best we can to kind of get those answers we're looking for. Mm-hmm. So how has it also been to, like, you're a leadership figure in the newsroom, you're an editor, you're the senior editor, and like you talked about, it's like was very difficult to read these sort of police reports that you got back after mm-hmm. um, the initial really big case that happened. How do you sort of counsel your own reporters and deal with re- editing your reporters when it comes to this sort of issue? Like, what kind of advice do you give them? I'm a big fan of objectivity, and so I encourage that in all my reporters, especially when you're working with stories that are this sensitive. I think the best way to go about them is to be as objective as possible um, and to maintain respect for all the people that you're interviewing in conjunction with the stories. Um, and just, I think going into them, having an awareness of the fact that they are as sensitive as they are, um, and really knowing all the background before you get into, um, actual interviewing questions, um, is always important, but especially with stories such as these that tend to be more emotionally driven and, um, affect a great number of people, um, I, yeah, I always encourage objectivity and sensitivity um, where it's needed. Because they're not mutually exclusive. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, sexual assault is a hard topic to mm-hmm. cover in any in any context, um, especially if you're campus publication, talking about campus sexual assault and having to sort of balance everyone's needs, mm-hmm. the universities, the, your fellow peers, whether they are the offender or the survivor. Um, But for that reason, we have things like Sexual Assault Awareness Month, which has Mm -hmm. been this past month. Do you have any sort of kind of rundown of events that have happened over the last month? Like, how have we as a campus been observing Sexual Assault Awareness Month? There have been a number of events. Um, The most recent was Thursday, the 28th, um, was Take Back the Night, which was a huge rally that spread throughout campus. Um, But there were also smaller things like the um, Oregon Ballroom Dance Club had um, mixers and their regular meetings kind of themed around consent. 
um, and incorporated how dancing is similar to sex and that you need consent before you can continue on and it's a partner activity and that kind of thing. So they did a number of events centered around that. Um, there were also a couple speakers that came to the university to talk about consent and things like that. One event with a speaker was Elizabeth Armstrong's discussion of sex, alcohol, and violence, how status competition creates risk. Um, and that was at 7 p.m. on the 21st in the Ford Alumni Center. Um, and there was also the Solidarity Project, which was a wall that went up during the week of April 20th um, that was a chance for survivors of sexual assault to heal is what they said about it. Um, it was a nine-foot-tall black rectangular wall um, where participants could write words of encouragement for sexual assault survivors and things like that. Um, that was in the um, Memorial Quad and was... I remember seeing that. Yeah. It was um, funded by the group Arise and um, was up from two to six for people to ride on and um, kind of take inspiration from. But yeah, so that was one of the projects that was around campus to kind of provide support so the main event um, on campus for Sexual Assault Awareness Month was at the end of the month. It was Take Back the Night, which um, was co-hosted by the Women's Center and the Sexual Assault Support Services. Um, it was Its purpose was to raise awareness about sexual violence. People marched down University Street. Uh, over 400 people attended. Uh, President Schill made an appearance at the event and... Um, a number of people shared their stories with the crowd. Um, and the Emerald Life tweeted the event while we were there. Here's some of the audio from our coverage last night. Wherever we dress, wherever we go, yes means yes and no means no. So yeah, I wasn't able to make it to take back the night last night, but I imagine it was a very powerful experience for those who did go and... Like you said, the Emerald live tweeted the event, and you can go back and read those tweets and see images from the event on the Daily Emerald website. Um, we have a wrap-up of the whole Take Back the Night march and speakers. So anyways, that um, basically covers it for our conversation on sexual assault on campus and what it's been like to report on that as a student and as a female student especially there's been a lot in the last year in terms of sexual assault awareness and cases, unfortunately, um, maybe not as much as one would have hoped for for development. But every year we have more efforts like the um, the wall in the Memorial Quad and Take Back the Night as a yearly event. And it's always an effort by students to be supportive and to create change on campus. And that's also what we try to do as a student newspaper as well. Um, I think April is a great month um, to see people kind of come together and face the issue with a new sense of positivity and um, sense of progress. And hope, for sure. Yes. So this has been me, uh, Francisco Monahan. I'm the podcast editor for The Daily Emerald. And I'm Jennifer Fleck. I'm the senior news editor at The Emerald. Uh, thanks for listening to our news wrap-up, or what will be our news wrap-up podcast. This has been a little bit of a different format than what we will usually be doing, but we thought it was a good opportunity to sort of introduce ourselves 
um, to all of you. So thanks for listening. Tune in next time. Bye.